Reboot on Hulu is a show about a show that feels an awful lot like a bunch of other shows. It stars Keegan-Michael Key from Schmigadoon, Jackass's Johnny Knoxville, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend Rachel Bloom, Utopia's Callum Worthy, and Judy Greer from Archer. We're about to discuss episode four titled Girlfriends. It's September 28th and you're listening to today's episode. I'm surprised at how bad this show is. What? It's bad? It's got a talented cast. It's got a decent Hulu budget. It's got an unoriginal premise, but one that I've always enjoyed since it's a satire on Hollywood. We have other shows like Episodes, uh, the most recent season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, BoJack Horseman, Get Shorty, This Is Us, Kevin Can Fuck Himself, Irma Vep, Animaniacs. Like, they all like to take the Warner Brothers studio 30 Rock as well. And like, yeah, 30 Rock too. And just turn ahead on the production side of things and also like what actors are like in real life and make fun of them. Uh, But up until now, whenever a show does that, it also brings something original to the aspect. Episodes had Matt LeBlanc. It was a cutting satire. Kevin Can Fuck Himself turned its head on, like, what the woman realized when she was in the show. Irma Vep had this weird, like, background to a a show or a movie that existed a hundred years in the past. Animaniacs is a cartoon, so is BoJack. Get Shorty was about a guy who was trying to, like, break into the field of movie making. However, he was also like a mob and guy. And killed the screenwriter of the like, yeah, script. Yeah, who killed yeah. the screenwriter of the script he wanted to get made. Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David, he's always going to be kind of a weirdo in that. But this, this felt like it was both trying to make fun of sitcoms and also just be one of the sitcoms. So it couldn't decide what it wanted to be is what you're saying? No, it, uh, it had trouble distinguishing itself from the show it was making fun of. So they take a fictionalized show called Step Right Up, and in Reboot, this one lady, played by Rachel Bloom, um, Hannah, she decides that she's going to pitch it to Hulu. They're going to remake it, but instead of making it just a dumb sitcom like it was originally, she wants to make it darker. She wants to make the characters evil. She wants to change the entire route of it, make it kind of interesting. And But in the first episode, she's undercut because the studio brings in the original showrunner, <laughs> okay. who then ends up being her father and part of the reason that she wants to take this show in a different direction. But he wants to bring it back exactly how it was. He wants to bring in like the old timey writers to make these dumb, uh, really cliche uh, sitcom jokes. And so it's a constant battle back and forth. But you know who ends up winning? Probably the showrunner from the past. So far, it just feels like this show, Reboot, is suffering from the same thing that her show in 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 the show, it's kind of meta, is struggling Oh, with. I've heard it's incredibly meta. Like, I've heard that's a whole show. Mm. In fact, uh... Well, it's not as meta as, like, episodes, because with episodes, you were dealing with Matt LeBlanc. Yeah. You were dealing with him playing a persona of himself. With this, it's just them playing different characters. Reed Sterling, Clay Barber, Zach Jackson, Bree. Like, those aren't the names of Keegan-Michael Key, Johnny Knoxville. They're not even, like, related to how their personalities are. So it's not as meta as that, and it's not as interesting as that. It's more just, like, watching a depiction of a fake sitcom 
within the proximity of a different sitcom. I'm just, I'm really surprised to hear you say that the show isn't good because Steve Levitin, he's created things like Modern Family, Just Shoot Me. He also worked on like famous shows like Frasier, The Larry Sanders Show, which is probably most closely related to something like this. Uh, it seemed like the whole entire cast really respected him though, because they said a lot of the time that when they read the pilot to the script and they saw that his name was attached, they took it just based off the fact that he had his like name attached to this thing. Okay, I mean, I'm not trashing the show to a point where I'm saying you shouldn't watch it, that it's not going to meet the level of like a six or that I wouldn't chuckle sometimes. It's just that reboot, the name of it makes it seem like it's going to be episodes, that it's yeah. going to be more like a darker comedy, which would be really like episodes was it wasn't afraid to skate the acting process, the writing process, like every personality in the in the entire Hollywood seemed disgusting in a way. And this, it just feels like it's so tame. Um, so the, mm. even the characters. So you have Reed Sterling, who's played by Keegan-Michael Key. He failed to make the jump to acting after the show Step Right Up uh, got canceled. Uh, there's Clay Barber. That's uh, Johnny Knoxville's character. He just does stand up now. You got Zach John Jackson, whose entire joke is that he's an emotionally stunted 24-year-old who used to be a child actor. Right. Do you know how old Caleb Worthy is? He's 31. But, I mean, he's playing 24, but in the show, he's trying to still play, like, a teenager. Right, yeah. Yeah. Which so, is so strange that he was, like, an American vandal and he was in his, like, late 20s at that time. Yeah, but when he was on all those, like, Disney, Nickelodeon-type shows, he was also, like, older than yeah. probably. He just has a younger-looking face, so they're kind of making fun of that. So that's probably the mo most pointed commentary where it actually applies to the actor, <laughs> too, versus these other ones. Right. You have Brie who just got divorced from a duke. Mm -hmm. um, so she like went off to a different country. She hasn't acted forever. And That's Judy, Judy Greer, Greer was the last one that was cast for the show. Yeah, I mean, she's been in everything. Yeah. I was looking for one thing to point out about her career and I just said Archer, but like she's, yeah, two yeah. and a half men. Like it just goes on the list. And then you also have the production side of things where you have Hannah, Rachel Bloom's character. She hires uh, a bunch of like woke, uh, diversified uh, millennial slash Zoomers to come in and write and, and kind of make fun of the old way that sitcoms were done but then as soon as gordon her father gets wind of that uh he it's like the old guard versus new guard right, thing it yeah. reminded me too much than it should have of like kevin james's the crew on netflix where i think the whole prospect of that was like they were running a nascar studio yeah. and he was this old guy and his daughter or someone related to him came in as a millennial mm -hmm. and she was going to take over and there was just this constant budding of heads it shouldn't be millennial versus boomer homer if you want to make a show like this. I feel like there's that could be maybe an aspect of it, but it shouldn't be the, the overwhelming main, the main factor. Thrust, yeah. So she hires a bunch of those stereotypical Zoomers. He hires a bunch of really crass old Jews, as he puts it, and they fight it out until there's somehow they make the, the sitcom kind of a meld of just a slightly more edgy original version of what it already was. Kind of like we have a Prince, a Fresh Prince of Bel Air situation where like there's just more drama infused into the Step Right Up right. show. So and also like I mean that's that is making like commentary though on things like iCarly for example. Where they even it's, like, they mention iCarly. Really, they go through Hulu in the first episode when that's probably the best of the three where she's pitching the idea to the Hulu executives. Mm -hmm. Very similar to how Curb Your Enthusiasm did it, but yeah. it was like different people cast as the Hulu executives. They were talking about all the reboots that had come out over the last couple of years. Like he was like, "Are reboots done?" And then they were like, "Nope, we have all of these." And iCarly was one. And of the, the ones last, listed. yeah, the last two shows we've done and or 
Avatar and Quantum Leap have basically been reboots. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But every episode of this show is labeled after um, a different TV reboot, I think. Right, yeah. You, you Girlfriends know, was rebooted, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have Step Right Up, New Girl, and Growing Pains as the first three. Yeah. And so we have basically three storylines that are going on in this episode. First, you have the writer's storyline, a.k.a. Hannah's storyline. The writers have kind of found a, 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 a level of peace with each other. Like they're making fun of each other. And that just basically is the Zoomers adapting to the old style, right. which I found kind of like they're not even embracing that the old people could learn from them. I don't know. Um, and then, but it's about Hannah wanting to come out to her father because she feels oh, like she needs amazing. to. Okay, yeah. Yes. You've never seen that before in a show ever, right? Where a, <laughs> a character is struggling with coming out to their dad or, yeah, or yeah. their family. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one was the cast being concerned about Bree's new relationship with Timberly. And Timberly is this new character that they brought on, a very beautiful woman who, like, Hannah had cast as someone else, kind of uh, less beautiful. And then her father came in and was like, no, we need the views. And so, like, they, and she used to be on a show called, a reality show called Fuck Mountain. So a lot of the jokes <laughs> are about how she used to act. Like, in the first episode, she was a terrible actress. Do you mm-hmm. remember in Curb Your Enthusiasm? When yes, they, yeah, they yeah, kind of, yeah. That's basically, she's just overacting every line. But Keegan-Michael Key's character, Reed, who is based off the showrunner, or that's what Gordon says, he teaches Timberly in the first episode, and then she, suddenly she's an amazing actress. So that kind of carries over. She's also very confident with herself. And Brie wasn't a lesbian, so, like, this was a first for her. Oh, like okay. Yeah, and so she's, she's dealing with that, and she's like, oh, my God, um, so this is who I am now. And the rest of the cast, Reed and, um, and Clay, uh, they both, Clay has started watching Fuck Mountain. So he tells Reed, and then they both tell Bree that Timberly cannot be trusted. Well, because he's... in the show, she backstabbed a lot of people. So then Bree has to go and confront Timberly about this because she's afraid that she's going to try to uh, take advantage of their relationship. And then that's when Timberly reveals a groundbreaking piece of information that reality shows are scripted. <laughs> and apparently okay, this... none of these right. actors knew that. <laughs> And so when they're when they're throwing that in their faces, that that's when they are like, oh my god, and they have this moment of realization. Keep in mind, Reed has numerously times like his character has gone to Yale, and he likes to bring it up all the time. But he didn't understand as an actor that reality shows are well, scripted, and that's what we're supposed to embrace. But isn't it supposed to be like that insane, like that comedic kind of tone? Like it's you're not supposed if to you're watching a sitcom. If you're watching a sitcom, that's a joke I would expect to see. If I'm watching The Neighborhood and someone does, it's like reality shows are scripted. That yeah. would be something I would expect to see. Not when it's making fun of the sitcom that it's making fun of within the show. I mean, it's just, it's mean, weird. And then there's the third storyline okay, I have to approach real yeah. quickly. It's a licorice pizza shenanigan type storyline because you have the studio executive, Elaine. She's a young executive. She's there to kind of like oversee and make sure everything's running right. Mm-hmm. She also used to be a big fan of Step Right Up. So she has lunch with Zach at one of these restaurants that they have, I assume, everywhere in the studio area because the people are constantly like I mean, working yeah, and stuff. That's yeah, worse. and he convinces her to go on a tour with him of the studio lot and they check out the costume warehouse, they steal some bikes, they see the orchestra, and they just bond together and that's about it for their storyline. That's, so, that's their whole storyline? They just bond together? Well, I mean, you've got three storylines and uh, it's not that long an episode. It's not like an hour-long episode. So it, that's where, by the end, you've left it. And then uh, for Hannah's storyline, she does end up revealing to her father in a very grand spectacular fashion because she's in the middle of uh they're in the middle of shooting their other show where she just shouts in front of her father that she's gay and then he like immediately turns to her and he's like yeah i know you you said it publicly before 
that's never been done, right? We've yeah, never um, seen yeah. we've never seen that done before. It's, yeah, okay. it's just so a it's bunch just a of cliche. cliches <laughs> tame. Like this episode was not good, and I was disappointed just in the show in general. But I do have a couple pros. Okay, I was going to ask who your favorite character was. Keegan Michael Key. Key. He delivers his lines with enthusiasm. He is such a funny guy that, like, he can even save a show like this. And that's why I like the first uh, couple episodes more because he was more of a factor in them. In the last episode, in the third episode that we're, we're not focusing on as much, I think he had, like, a boner in the middle of his sex scene and then they started making a, a commentary about how like uh important hr takes that nowadays yeah. and he had to wear like this giant like a blocking thing to stop him <laughs> that was funnier but it also was really cliche and dumb but like he was able to sell it so, i know i know, you know he was like the most enthusiastic when doing interviews and things like that johnny knoxville i know that he also had like with judy greer a prank war on set i was expecting you to maybe say him because he's supposed to be like a crazy character right he the crazy has sex with the mom of zach because she still goes to the rehearsals that's part of his storyline being emotionally stunted and in the first episode or second episode uh johnny knoxville's character clay says you gotta cut her loose like at a certain point you're too old for this and then he goes to do it for him and that's when they start a relationship and so she's still there though i mean she's like one of the side but like main side characters yeah. so yeah that's just the way it I, is. I know that rachel bloom who played uh hannah it's Corman, crazy like she, that's the crazy ex-girlfriend lady yeah she, she looks a little different she co-created the show so she felt like it was really easy for her to step into the role yeah. that she was being played it just feels like the thing that made her famous was like also a show that kind of was cutting edge and making fun of itself mm-hmm. right yeah and so you would think that this show would be able to accomplish that more. I get that it maybe it's just trying to find its footing right now. But the expectation here is that it wouldn't be the sitcom that it's representing inside. Yeah, I mean, Yet now it's just having two versions of the same show within one show. Yeah, I mean, they're like even casting people like I know Carrie Brownstein, who is, I think, one of the main people in Portlandia. She directed the second episode. You also have like the person who directed the fourth episode, the writer, actually. He worked on things like Pen15 and Miss Marvel. Like it seemed like they were actually casting people. And I thought they were going to come in and say, like, it's, it's a pretty good show because it's gotten pretty good reviews as well. But go into your pros. Uh, the, the one was the Keegan Michael Key uh, and his delivery of stuff. The other one is the fuck mountain jokes. Those are pretty funny because like when you see Clay Johnny Knoxville's character describing some of the crazy stuff that was going on, you're like, yeah, that that actually adds up. Like it, you know enough about how many reality shows that are coming. There's a show yeah. called Snowflake Mountain. There's a there's too hot to handle. There's like this is just a merging of those ones. And yeah, you can make fun of the. If it was more of that type of humor where it literally is just pointing at a finger and laughing at certain things that i would like that it's strange because you said the show was tame but stephen levitin said that one of the like benefits of being able to go on streaming is the fact that he felt like this show at least out of all the shows that he's worked on is the most edgy so he was able to make jokes for him compared to modern family (laughs) yeah sure maybe it's edgy but yeah not even that much more so so that it doesn't get that adult then. All right. Uh, so what would you give it overall, like out of 10? This episode is a five. A it's five. not worth a watch. The show as a whole, I would give a six. Um, I think that I expected more. And it started off, I think, on a better note. It just feels like it's treading water. The show has an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 76% audience score. The consensus basically said that definitely could have been edgier and more satirical, but that the cast was good and fun to see. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why you would even do a show like this unless you were willing to go gung-ho on making it. Like, there's just so many with this uh, premise at this point where it's like, do something different or go deeper into it. or But don't make it so light. You yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, as a 7.6... Keegan-Michael Key could have delivered those really hard lines. And so could, I think, the rest of the cast. I don't think this is on the cast at all. I think it's on the writing team. On the writing, yeah. I mean, I know that when they were shooting the actual show, they actually did film that in front of a live studio audience, kind of like how WandaVision did for its first couple episodes. And I guess another pro I could throw in there is when they do introduce the two writing teams, that could have been an episode. That would have been fine for, like, an episode. But the fact that they just have to reoccur going through that like that's the long-running joke Mm -hmm. it's just that the fact that these old people are very crass like they're not afraid to make like fun of anything and that they did they're talking about doing cocaine in the past it doesn't even feel like it's for real it just feels like i'm watching a sitcom rogerieber.com said by framing an older sitcom with modern handling the series becomes a meaningful rumination on tv comedy writing uh, they went on to call the characters likable. Variety gave it a middling review, writing reboot sets itself up for needing to do better, but only occasionally does. And then the LA Times said the chemistry among the cast pushes this series from good to exceptionally funny, and Decider said to stream it. So, like I said, it's got basically good reviews. Mm-hmm. And I said give it a six as a whole, stream it, check it out for like maybe an episode, but I don't suggest the fourth episode. Yeah, like I said, Keegan-Michael Key was the first B cast and Stephen Levitin came to him a couple years ago. So he's had this like idea kind of in the back and he said, while Modern Family was supposed to kind of show how his home life, Mm -hmm. this was supposed to be the other half of his life working on TV shows. In the first episode, when they show Reed finding out that he wants to take the the jump back into the TV world with Step Right Up, they do say also that he had had other scripts, that this was the first one that he read where he actually really was into it so i think that might have just been a mirror to reality also elijah coop showed up in the first episode as his girlfriend which i found pretty funny because she was also in this fool and the future man and like it's been in a lot of shows that we've done as a cameo uh yeah she's playing his girlfriend and then the will they won't they between reed and brie is going to exacerbate afterwards like her and timberly is probably not a thing that's going to keep up because timberly is too cool for her like that's very apparent especially in this episode and she's way younger she's like 21 years old all right is there anything else we want to say yeah i just have a little bit more on the cast Kristen marie Yu as elaine kim uh she played a recurring role on jen and last man standing which was she's this, the executive producer and they used the same fake set used in the re- in reboot as well so yeah. it was the same thing she runs into her boss when they're all dressed in their costumes on stolen bikes and the boss looks at her for a second like he's gonna fire her, and then he's like no i'm glad you're having fun and then that was about it <laughs> yeah and then you have caitlin worthy as you've I mentioned but he oh. said shooting in front of the live studio audience was actually really fun because he missed doing it because he knew if the joke worked in the moment mm-hmm. because he's done all those disney shows as we already mentioned and then chris coach also worked on episode four and he's worked on things like scrubs cougar town and ordinary joe it feels like all of those shows all right well thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode hope you enjoyed this one bye bye